Three minutes past two here on ECNZ Afternoons with Staffy. Staff uh, is not here this week, although he was just in the studio. Um, he is away back on Tuesday for Anzac Day, so Sammy taking you through today and tomorrow. Uh, up until three o'clock today before we hand over to Ricardo Ball for Phoenix Nation. Between now and three o'clock, very shortly going to catch up with TJ, uh, Tony Johnson, our Sky Sport, talk about uh, this weekend's uh, Super Rugby as well as a couple of the other stories floating around. I'll give you clue number three in the Who Am I? Uh, and we'll find out the answer as well. We're going to do a Love Racing update. Show me the money later on as well. Your chance to be involved in our uh, TAB multi and a chance to win. And we'll also go back in the day before handing over to Ricardo, as I said. But uh, but first up, as we do every Thursday just after 2 o'clock, uh, we catch up with Tony Johnson out of Sky Sport, and he's on the line now. G'day, TJ. Uh, thanks, Sam. Moana Pacifica uh, and the Reds last Friday night up in Samoa. You were you were there calling it. Um, disappointing that Moana uh, couldn't get the result, but talk to us a little bit about the the atmosphere and the occasion up there in Apia. Well, I suppose from a uh, Moana Pacifica point of view, it was a bit disappointing, but no one seemed to go away too unhappy. I think everyone who went there just really loved uh, the experience, the game. It was a fantastic atmosphere. The place wasn't quite full. Um, which, you know, hopefully the next time they go up there it will be because the word will get around about what a great afternoon it was. They did everything they could to create a, a, a terrific atmosphere there. There was a lot of music and dancing and, and plenty of food and just a general happiness about the place. I tell you, it was huge. They'll be happy. The take-up on the merchandising was great. The mm. caps and the jerseys and all that were out there. In the end, um, yeah, I, the, look, um, the Reds... <laughs> We, we tended to sort of focus on, on Moana's um, point of view, you know, having the, the game up there. But that was, a, that was a desperate situation for the Reds. And it, it may have earned Brad Thorne some sort of stay of execution to keep his job till the end of the season. The, the, the talk around was that there was a board meeting on Tuesday and if they didn't win it, he was out the door. I yeah. don't know whether it was ever quite that serious, but... Um, whatever, they, they got up and they used their set piece to good effect and just managed to strike enough blows um, to, to be able to win the game. But more more importantly, I think, with just the sense that this was a really great step in the right direction um, to have the game there. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously based at Mount Smart at the moment, TJ, how, how sort of feasible would it be for Moana Pacifica to have most of the home games up there in Apia? Well, the biggest problem is cost um, because, you know, obviously you have to provide... Uh, a good standard in terms of uh, facilities, accommodation. The, the TV's a big one. It, it's, you know, really, really expensive um, mm. because the infrastructure isn't quite there. I mean, there's a certain um, standard required, uh, you know, because it's a global product. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of things that would have to be worked through uh, and before it could become a regular thing. But I think, you know, they'll be encouraged if, if they can even, you know, break even on the venture given the expense that they had to go to. They'll be encouraged to do it again and hopefully, you know, they, they had some great sponsors backing them as well, which probably will enable them to break even. They're talking next year about a game in Apia. They're even opening up the possibility of a game in Nukualofa, although a fair bit would have to happen before that could Mm. Uh, happen, but you know they've looked at the the tour and and seen what's happened to them um, playing the games and either Lautoka or Suva and how it just how it's energised the team, got the fans behind them. So it's a logical next step, but there's a lot of things that have to be ticked off before it would 
could become a regular thing. Mm, absolutely. Uh, big game last weekend between the Hurricanes and the Chiefs uh, down in the capital. Afternoon rugby as well. Uh, TJ, the Chiefs, uh, big second half from them to go uh, to stay undefeated. Uh, maybe just start with, with daytime rugby, TJ, because uh, I think the fans, and you know that there was fears that club rugby was going to clash uh, with the kickoff time as well, but I think fans showing up on the day show that they are still very, very keen on daytime rugby. Yeah, I mean, I think probably... Um, it, it's something you know that they're trying to work out a way to to, to make sure that each um, it, franchise gets at least or club I think we're supposed to call them now gets at least one afternoon game. That the problem is, I mean, two of the games that I've seen, um, you know, a little bit early on, I think both the Chiefs and the Blues rested a whole lot of their their um, their top players, which might have sort of diluted the or countered the appeal of an afternoon game. I, you know, I, I think you know you've got to weigh a lot of things up. Uh, if it really does get more fans in, then great. Uh, if it does contribute to a better standard of rugby, well, then that's another thing in, in its favour. Although, you know, it does rain during the daytime occasionally too. Uh, I think we know that. But there's also the fact that, uh, you know, the, the, the broadcast, and you can't get away from it, is that the, the broadcast audience is way bigger at night time and broadcasters pay the bills. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think, look, at to me... The fact that we are getting a few more afternoon games, uh, I, I think that suggests that there's been a bit of movement there, which, which is great. And I, I think it, it's it's something I don't think we're ever going to go back to having all the games in the in the afternoon. It just it just won't happen. It can't happen, and it doesn't happen in any other sport. Mm. Um, but I think just having the odd one uh, is a good thing. And just in terms of the uh, the, the performance, the game, um, TJ, I think second half for the Canes, really probably the set piece uh, let them down, particularly at the line out and, and then the Chiefs bench as well, uh, which has been a, a bit of a, a hallmark for them all season, just sort of, sort of came to the fore in that second half. So, yeah, the Chiefs will be will be very happy to stay undefeated. The Canes probably are beating themselves up a little bit that they didn't quite close it out. Yeah, it was a great opportunity for the Hurricanes, wasn't it? And, you know, home advantage, they, they had a really good turnout there. Uh, it was all it was great to see. But in the end, the, the Chiefs, to me, they're just on such a great roll at the moment and, you know, pulling away to win. Uh, you know, they had to <clears throat> work really hard to get themselves into that position where they made the scoreline look comfortable in the end. I, I don't think it was anything like comfortable uh, what they had to achieve you know but there was a lot to like about that game uh, to me the Hurricanes are a team that are really growing you've got a lot of really good uh, you know younger players in that team plus of course you know a few crusty old veterans the likes of Colsey and, and um, you know Adi Savier and Julian Savier but around them there's some sparkling young talent I, I just think they're, they're going to be a team to watch over the next couple of years but on the day Chiefs very much, um, you know, showing themselves to be, you know, they, they are the, 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 you know, top of the table, unbeaten for, for a pretty good reason. Uh, it's, it's, you know, turning into a, a, a pretty good contest. I see the Hurricanes slip back one, uh, Brumbies go back into second, but the Chiefs have got a game in hand. Um, so even though they're only ahead of the Brumbies at the moment on points, they're in a very strong position to forge on and get home advantage for the playoffs. And the big reason for that. Well, two big reasons. Firstly, um, they have got tremendous depth. Uh, I, I think I don't think even the Crusaders can match them for depth uh, right now, particularly with the injuries that the Crusaders have got. Mm. Um, they haven't perhaps been plagued by injuries. I'm sure they've got some significant players out, but uh, you know they're having a, a good run, uh, into in you know relatively good run in terms of of the injuries. But the other thing is that they're a team that's playing with confidence. 
Uh, though obviously, you know, in, in Clayton McMillan and his crew, there, there, there is a coach very much on the rise in New Zealand. He's got the respect of the players. He's empowering them to express themselves out on, on the field. Yeah, Damian McKenzie's dazzling um, with, with, you know, his unpredictable at times play. Um, but but there's so much else good that's going on around that as well. That they are they are a really good side um, this year, the Chiefs, and and at the moment probably. Uh, if they can keep home advantage, um, you know they've got to be the, the, the favourites right now to go on and win the thing. But there'll be others, Crusaders notably, who'll have other ideas. Mm. And Clayton McMillan locked in for a couple more years as well, which is good to see for Chiefs fans. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Tars Force game um, on the weekend, uh, TJ and uh, and Lockie Swinton, an ugly clash with Jake Strawn just in the first thirty seconds of that game. He's got a seven match ban, which is just about as brutal as a, a punishment as it gets, isn't it? Um, yeah. What what are you what have you thought? Of, uh, firstly, about the actual uh, contact, but then about the ban that was handed out as well. Well, not for the first time, and and th- this is a problem that Australia's got at the moment. Is that two of them more? You know, effective forwards also just don't seem to be able to control themselves on the field. I mean, we saw, um, uh, you know, last year Darcy Swain what he did to Quinn Tupai. I still cringe about that. That was a dog act, and yeah. and, and you know he got off lightly uh, when you consider that Quinn Tupai at the moment still struggling to do anything but run in, in a straight line. Mm. Um, and and then and well, you, you say it's tough seven weeks, but Swinton has previous form. He was sent off in a Test match. Um, but, but, you know, they wanted to throw the maximum, the, you know, the entry level for what he did was 10 weeks. But they took three weeks off because he showed remorse at the hearing <laughs> and conducted himself well at the hearing. I'm, I, I, I just can't buy that. Uh. And, and this is the time when rugby is supposed to be doing all it can to, to make the game safer in terms of, of head injuries. And, you, you know, you look at the landscape that... You know, behind that, the the threat of legal action and so on. And here you have a guy who has flown in off his feet, shoulder into a guy's head, and he hasn't been given the maximum ban. Mm-hmm. I think it. I, I actually think at the moment, I think the referees they don't get everything right, um, but they're doing their bit. Um, but but to me, again, it's just another case of the judiciary finding ways not. To, to make an example of, of a player by throwing the maximum sentence at him. Yeah, and what if you turn up in a, in a suit instead of a T-shirt, you wipe a couple of weeks off at the uh, at the hearing? Oh, <laughs> That's what it sounds like. If you sold some biscuits, girl, girl guide biscuits <laughs> or so, whatever it is, I, I don't know. That they, um, to, to me, and, and, and of course this other one about the, um, the, 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 there's some sort of video that they have to watch or some course that they have to do about safe tackling. Well, that should be, as well as the sentence, yeah. not in lieu of another week's punishment. Mm, absolutely. Uh, let's have a look uh, to this weekend, TJ. Chiefs facing the draw tomorrow night in Hamilton. Uh, bunch of changes for the Chiefs this week. They've switched a few things around. Cortez Ratima starts at halfback. Bryn Gatlin to first five and McKenzie to fullback. Uh, is this just Clayton McMillan using this game to, to try a few different things, you think? Oh, yeah, I think uh, Cortez Ratama, I think he, he deserves to have um, a start. And, of course, uh, Brad Weber stepping down, so uh, Tintoro Tahurirangi gets a run off the bench as well. He's sort of fallen a wee bit down the pecking order, given that he was an all-black um, a, a few years ago. Um, Brig Gatlin, uh, again, just probably deserves an opportunity. But what it means is that they shake up uh, the back three. McKenzie goes to the back. That won't do his all-black selection uh, chances any harm, but you, you know he's going to pop up all, all over the place. And Sean Stevenson, who has been 
uh, yeah, outstanding at fullback and, and really has, has put himself fair and square in, in, in the all-black frame. Uh, he, he goes to the wing. But rather than um, sort of see that as a negative, that would probably just be a little opportunity for Sean Stevenson to remind the all-black selectors that he can actually play very well on the wing as well. Uh, Daniel Rauner, after he had a bit of an early season injury, I, 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 he's starting to really impress at centre. He's... Uh, He's a talented young player. You're starting to see a, a combination building there with Poi Hippie. Uh, it's still a strong team that they put out on the field. Uh, they, they won't want to take any risks. The Drua, they're perhaps not quite as tough uh, away from home as they are at home, but even so, uh, you know, they won't want to take any risks. And it, it's still a very strong, for all the tinkering, it's a very strong team they put out there. Mm. Uh, and the Crusaders Rebels are late tomorrow night. Plenty of firepower uh, back for the Crusaders after a couple of weeks off, TJ. Yeah, Sam Whitelock, uh, of course, uh, good to see him back in action. I, I, I quite like the look of that uh, that forward pack as well. Gigantic front row with Williams and Moody. Barrett and Whitelock in the second row. Uh, Dom Gardner, if he's not going to be an All Black this year, he will be an All Black in the future, I'm sure. Uh, Christy Leo Willie, that, that's a, a, a young loose trio. That, that's very exciting. Um, David Havili coming back into the action, and, and, and so they're starting to, uh, you know, get some of their big guns back. I see Jack Goodshoes back on the bench as well. Um, so they're just starting to you know, regather a bit of strength. Um, just a shame the news about George Bauer. Yeah, uh, that, that looks like he, he's gone, uh, a, a ruptured ligament, and that's almost certainly going to put him out of the World Cup, which is a shame, because he's that combination of a really good ball carrier, hard worker, but also a capable scrummager that you you know that is the ideal type now for an international prop. Yeah, oh, look, injuries are never good, TJ, even worse when they're in a World Cup. Yeah, um, just before we let you go, something that um, came up yesterday quite a lot actually on the text machine when we uh, read out the team list for the Crusaders, uh, Will Jordan, who still is uh, is on the sidelines, not making a return, and people are a little bit worried that given his lack of game time this year, he might be pushing to make the World Cup squad. What do you, what do you make of it? Well, it's it's way too early to start talking about him missing the World Cup. Um, you know, if it goes on that much longer, then you're, you're probably thinking, yeah, there's some doubt about him playing the, um, the, the, the mid-seat, the mid-year internationals, uh, you know, the, the rugby championship, because obviously there's no incoming tour this year because it's a World Cup year. Mm. Um, you, you keep hearing that he's, he, he's getting closer, but there's, and, and that, he, you know, he's taken part in some, some runs and what have you, but there's still no sign of him. So, yeah, it's, it's a concern in, in that uh, there's no sign of him actually uh, in the side, um, I, I wouldn't get all that worried yet about the World Cup. As I say, there's still quite a long way to go, but you just got to hope that for his sake, for for the Crusaders' sake, for the All Blacks' sake, for everyone's sake, that uh, that the young man can get over what has been, you know, quite a obviously an ongoing issue that he's had. Uh, can, can deal with it, get it sorted out, and get back to to being the, the brilliant player that we know him to be. Um, but as I say, I, let's let's not. Um, worry too much about the World Cup just yet. I mean, he'll still have there'll be plenty of time um, opportunities, be, you know, before the, you've got the national championship as well. You've, you've got other games, and he's one of those guys that if he was to come back and be 100% uh, and straight away show that he's, in, you know, he, he's got his form there, mm. um, then, then they're not going to leave him out of the side. No, nah, totally agree with you, TJ. Um, which games are you calling this weekend, mate? I'm at Eden Park. Uh, 
Blues against the Waratahs. You know, Waratahs have been a bit of an underachieving team this this year. They're always a side that's got a lot of expectation on them, and uh, you know they're just outside uh, the top eight. Uh, they haven't won at Eden Park for for quite a while, but the Blues have slipped down to to fifth. Um, game in hand, so this is an opportunity for them. I think uh, we've got the um, Hurricanes are out of action. Uh, this week, that's one of the teams up above them. So an opportunity, uh, the Reds out of action as well. Um, so perhaps a chance to move up the table again. Uh, but, you know, they've they got to make sure they, they play well uh, and, and, and dispatch a, a Waratah's side that have got enough talent there, even without Swinton, uh, mm. enough talent there to be dangerous if the Blues don't, don't play to their potential. Mm. Awesome stuff, TJ. I uh, appreciate you coming on as always, mate. Uh, Steph will be back in the chair next right. Tuesday. We'll, uh, we'll catch you then. Okay, mate. There you go, TJ from uh, Sky Sport. There, great to get his thoughts. Just, I think you know, talking rugby with anyone other than TJ is uh, is fraud, really, isn't it? Um, he's just such. He's just so good, so analytical. Um, follows the game so closely, and uh, and do love his thoughts. Take his point as well on Will Jordan. There were a few texts yesterday, a little bit scared that Will Jordan wasn't going to have enough time to get back for the World Cup, but uh, but TJ pretty bullish there that. Um, there is still plenty of time to go. So no need to fret just yet. Uh, we will take a break. Uh, when we come back, I will give you clue number three for who am I. And uh, after news, sport and weather, I'll give you the answer. But we'll give you clue number three after the break.